Welcome back to another episode of the Global Startup Movement. I am your host, Andrew Berkowitz. While we've created a ton of content on the African startup landscape, we have yet to really dive into a market that historically has been somewhat of a mystery to investors in the West, and that market is Ethiopia. I actually connected with our guest today, Zakaris Amsalu, uh, after he commented on one of my LinkedIn posts back when I was in Nairobi. We've since ran into each other a few different times here in D.C., and have had numerous insightful conversations on Sheba Valley, which is the nickname for Ethiopia's startup ecosystem that Zakarius himself coined. He really is a wealth of knowledge when it comes to East Africa, and it was such a pleasure to be able to record this episode uh, and gain some more and deeper insight on Addis and the, the broader Ethiopia startup landscape. Uh, I learned a lot from this conversation, and I know you will too, and so... Uh, now I'll present to you my conversation with Zakarius Amsalu, the CEO and co-founder at Ibex Frontier. Entrepreneurship has become a global phenomenon. Uncover the stories of entrepreneurs and investors worldwide. From sub-Saharan Africa to Silicon Valley and beyond. Here on the Global Startup Movement. Now, here's your host, Andrew Berkowitz. All right, so I am here with Zakarius Amsalu, the man who coined the name Sheba Valley for Ethiopia's tech sector. Uh, Zakarius, why don't you start us off with just a, a little bit about your story, how you kind of founded Ibex, and, and, and we'll go from there. Yeah, thank you very much, Andrew. Uh, my name is Zakarius Amsalu. I'm the uh, founder and uh, managing director of Ibex Frontier. Ibex Frontier is a investment advisory route to market uh, consultancy uh, for Ethiopia. We have quite a few international businesses uh, who want to invest in Ethiopia. We do deal advisory for them. And also we support Ethiopian businesses, including tech startups in um, uh, investment readiness and also uh, deal sourcing and helping them with uh, finding the right investors. That is what we, we do in a nutshell, but we also operate in the wider Eastern Africa market. We have a few portfolio companies. We are advising in Kenya, Tanzania, and uh, uh, Rwanda as well. And so tell me, tell me a little bit about, uh, you know, w where did the name Sheba Valley come from and what, why did you feel like that, that was appropriate for Ethiopia's emerging startup scene? You were aware that uh, major uh, tech ecosystems uh, uh, have kind of uh, some sort of name. We talk about Silicon Valley, Silicon Savannah, or Yabakon Valley in uh, Nigeria and uh, uh, Silicon Savannah in Kenya. So it's about two years ago, I uh, came up with this, um, I met these uh, amazing startups in Ethiopia. I was not a tech person and I'm not a tech person, I'm a, I'm a finance expert by profession. But I was very much impressed with what they are doing. But immediately I realized that it has to do about the ecosystem. The ecosystem has to be um, strengthened, but also their story has to be told. So I came up with an idea, I have to come up with a name. So obviously, you know, uh, when you talk about Silicon Savannah, you know, Savannah is associated with Kenya. So with Ethiopia, uh, one name do I uh, come up? You know, Ethiopia has um, various attributes, attributes that you can connect to. For example, you have uh, Nile or Abai, the river. Uh, and, uh, there was some sort of conversation about, you know, uh, naming the ecosystem Nile Valley, but 
I chose Shiba Valley or the name Shiba for three main reasons. One, uh, as you know, uh, Shiba uh, relates to the uh, language, Sabaic language, that is the predecessor for Ge'ez, which is also a predecessor for the working language of Ethiopia, which is Amharic. So the current working uh, language of Ethiopia, which is Amharic, has uh, its roots traced back to the Sabaic language. The second is history. Uh, so uh, we all know about uh, Queen Sheba uh, in the Bible. Uh, Queen Sheba comes from uh, the uh, region uh, currently called Ethiopia. And the, we have the story Queen Sheba taking a lot of gifts to King Solomon in Jerusalem. So King, Queen Sheba is associated with bringing a lot of gifts to the outside world. So the idea is, uh, is the take ecosystem in Ethiopia is already and will continue to bring a lot of tech innovation and give to the rest of the world. And the third is mathematics. Uh, currently, um, there is a BBC episode uh, that uh, I'm happy to share your link with. The ancient Ethiopian mathematics method uh, has been proved that it is uh, the one that powers the current computer algorithms. So historically, the Ethiopian mathematical uh, methodologies now powering uh, computer systems. So it has made it easier for Ethiopian or Shiba Valley innovators to kind of excel in algorithms. So because of these reasons, I came up with the name Shiba Valley. But I'm not a tech person, as I said. I kind of discussed it with uh, uh, quite a few uh, tech innovators in Ethiopia. They gave me the note. They, they were happy with the name. And then uh, we went with it. Awesome. I think it's a great name. That's a very interesting background story on it. But can you kind of break down for us the, because uh, I'm, I'm assuming most people in the West aren't very familiar with the Ethiopian market. Uh, so can you break down what are the, uh, we'll say, uh, initial sectors that startups are gaining traction in and, and helping to disrupt? So, as you know, Ethiopia is in the uh, Eastern Africa uh, sector, and um, it is the second most populous country in Africa, followed, uh, uh, following uh, Nigeria. Ethiopia has about 106 million population, out of which uh, we have about 65% um, of that population under the age of 25. So it's a very young population. The median age is 50. Uh, so you can see there's um, a lot of uh, potential for this young uh, population to kind of uh, come up with solution for a day-to-day -day problems. As a typical uh, African country, uh, most of the uh, problems are associated with solving day-to-day -day problems, logistics, uh, payment, financial inclusion, health tech. So most of the uh, startups in Ethiopia are focused on this typical uh, problems because that is what is actually uh, uh, he holding the uh, community in accessing uh, good health or a seamless payment or logistics, transportation, payment systems. So these are the uh, typical uh, startup businesses uh, uh, the uh, founders and innovators are involved in. Right. And so I know a big part of the problem that you're solving with Ibex Frontier is around the, the information gap in, uh, in Ethiopia's markets. And so I'd be curious to hear from you. I mean, wh why, why has there historically been such a big information gap between investment opportunities in, in the country and, and international capital? 
So the problem comes uh, from uh, both angles, from the uh, outside world and also from Ethiopia. So it's a twofold. So there is a huge investment possibility and potential in Ethiopia, but the outside world doesn't know it. And or uh, you have international tech and also other investors who are looking for investable opportunities with good return, but they don't have visibility on investment opportunities in Ethiopia. So the problem first is the outside world. I mean, you have well, I mean, uh, yearly uh, reports uh, on Africa uh, tech movement, Africa tech investment rounds or startup ecosystem. If you see the last three years report, you have Ethiopia nowhere to be seen. It's not because there is no startup movement or there is no tech investment, but those doing the report, they don't have a visibility on Ethiopia or they don't also make an effort to send their reporters to Ethiopia and try to get the real information. That is one problem. So what we do here, uh, here at IBX Frontier is that provide that visibility. For example, in 2017, we have a report that the African tech ecosystem has raised about $160 million. And we have the top 10 countries uh, that have raised capital uh, already mentioned, but Ethiopia is not there. We really uh, dig deep down and then we came up with a, a tech investment of the Ethiopian uh, landscape. Uh, which is about uh, $3.5 million, that would have put Ethiopia on number nine out of the top 10 investment. So we have issued a revised tech investment report for 2017. Same goes for 2018. We have a report that uh, for the first six months, uh, Africa has raised about $166 million. But unfortunately, that also doesn't include about... uh, uh, $9 million that uh, the, uh, the Ethiopian tech ecosystem has raised just within the first six months of 2018. So I, we needed to reach out to those uh, guys who issued the report. This is wrong. You don't have this visibility. Uh, so we've issued another report showing that actually the entire uh, tech investment for Ethiopia was, in fact, uh, uh, one, uh, 177 million out of which Ethiopia is one of the top 10. So the first part is those doing the report need actually a a legwork to do uh, in in Ethiopia. But also from the Ethiopia point of view, quite a few of those um, startup uh, startup companies, uh, tech ecosystem players, they need to provide uh, that information and create visibility. That is one key information uh, that Ethiopian tech ecosystem is lacking. And here at uh, IBEX Frontier, we're working hard, we're reaching out, we know uh, who are the key players, we also know who is investing what, so we reach out to them. We kind of explain the benefit of you know making those investment deals or what they are doing visible to the outside world. And then when they realize that uh, there is, um, there is a, a benefit that comes out of making those information uh, visible, they, they are willing to share the information. So we're trying to, uh, you know, mitigate that gap that the outside world, in particular those involved in the reporting side, now they realize that 
they have IBEX Frontier to reach out to when they need information. And from the Ethiopian startup point of view, we are showcasing the benefits that comes out of talking about their success stories. And hopefully that um, at the end of 2018, all the international reports about taking work investment in tech ecosystem will uh, take into account Ethiopia's success story because we have already issued that in our websites. I think that's uh, an interesting insight into why it's important to also have a local partner in countries when, when you're looking to enter. Because I know that last year you helped Asoko Insight, which for those who don't know, is a, a company that provides corporate data insight uh, into African markets. And I believe you, you helped them expand into Ethiopia. There's a good lesson to be learned there where you know, if you're an outside company or if you're collecting data, it's, it's, it's so important in Africa to have that trusted local partner that knows the local players, that, that understands the local landscape and, and can help you n- navigate kind of the, uh, um, we'll say, muddy, muddy waters of, uh, of different African markets. So, you know, one thing I'd be curious to know about with, with all this capital that is being invested into Ethiopia, I mean, what sort of local presence is there when it comes to venture capital or, you know, local high net worth individuals who are writing small angel checks into startups? I'm glad you raised that. Uh, so uh, the first six months of uh, the uh, 2018 report, the $9 million investment I, I told you, uh, is entirely uh, external investment. Uh, so we have European Investment Bank, uh, DEG in Germany, uh, paying about $8 million of uh, that investment. And we have the Danish development and then the U.S. Embassy uh, providing grant for um, two companies involved in agri-tech and um, artificial intelligence and robotics. However, there is also local high net worth and also venture capital companies that have, uh, after a while, realized uh, the uh, advantage and the impact of investing in the tech ecosystem. So you have a lot of tech incubation hubs from 2011, like ice X-Hub, trying, and Icoglabs, trying to educate the high, not- the high netors, uh, people in Ethiopia, saying that, yes, you could have invested in real estate, you could have invested in you know, bank shares, but by investing in these startups, you're helping uh, solving the problem of the country. And yet, um, uh, you know, we can secure a decent um, uh, reward. And that is now uh, really uh, paying back. We haven't included in our report, but the third quarter of 2018, we have tech investments of nearly a million dollars raised entirely from local venture capitals, and also high net worth individuals. And we'll be uh, providing that information towards December. But that is a good thing because we even have um, uh, a show, a TV show. It's like what you call um, uh, Shark Tank uh, uh, here. Uh, so startups are pitching to a few companies, and those uh, venture capitals and also high net worth uh, companies are backing those companies. One of them is, for example, ENAP, a local uh, fintech company and they just raised 65 million dollar uh, last month entirely from local high net worth uh, people so that shows you that the local invest investors are now 
uh, addressing the need and also willing to kind of um, uh, mitigate the risk that comes with investing with uh, 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 the tech ecosystem. So I'm very much happy to see that. It's it's really interesting you say that. I think something that I've been thinking about over the past couple of months when it comes to the ecosystems that have done a good job at, at activating high net worth individuals into angel investors, it, it seems like the countries that have a more powerful sense of nationalism and national pride have been able to do a better job of activating those those high net worth individuals. Because I think you're right in that it's it's not necessarily the easiest conversation to have, you know, in, instead of investing in real estate, which is tried and true, instead of buying all these shipping containers from China and, you know, almost immediately 3Xing your your investment. It's very healthy for the long-term uh, sustainability of, of of the country to be writing these smaller you know high risk angel checks that might not give you the same quick returns or not not necessarily guaranteed but uh much much lower risk returns that that you're typically seeing yeah very true and we're going to see more of that so i expect uh early part of 2019 we have quite a, a number of local uh, angel investors high net worth uh, individuals investing more on the Ethiopian tech ecosystem. And we already are receiving quite a number of requests advising them which startup to invest in. I'm very much happy to see that rapid success. And so, I mean, I know we kind of, uh, at least myself, live in this this bubble of, of startups and, and tech, but, you know, in, in emerging markets, investment into other sectors like agribusiness, uh, like mining, like renewables and energy, like they're you know, just as important as well of, of, of bringing that economy into, into being an emerged economy as opposed to emerging. Where are the biggest FDIs into, uh, into Ethiopia happening? Like what, what are the, the, set, the sectors outside of tech that are attracting a lot of capital? Yeah. So the, if you look at 2017 as an example, we issued our report on the FDI, MNA and exit deals of Ethiopia. And Ethiopia has attracted $7.4 billion investment last year, all FDI. The biggest chunk is the renewable energy, and that is actually the single largest investment in Africa for the year. That is a $4 billion renewable energy. as a consortium of U.S. and Icelandic company. So renewable energy was the largest last year, and it will continue to be the same for the foreseeable future because um, you have a very attractive PPP initiative by the government. There is a lot of last mile unconnected population that needs energy access. The government is working on that. And there's also a big movement on renewable energy globally. We expect that. Uh, the second largest investment last year was um, uh, textile and also mining, uh, second and third, sorry. So the second was mining, $1.4 billion, followed by textile and apparel, uh, almost $1 billion. Uh, so textile and apparel will continue to be uh, a huge uh, uh, investment uh, sector for Ethiopia uh, with the uh, focus of uh, industrial parks that the Ethiopian government is building across the country. So investors have... Um, one of um, 
the cheapest, uh, if not the cheapest, electricity on the planet, affordable um, uh, salary for a working population, trainable workforce, and uh, tax incentives. All that is actually helping international uh, apparel companies moving their plants to Ethiopia. And uh, FMCG will continue to be also a major investment area. Last year, we had uh, half a billion dollar investment followed by hotel and um, international uh, resort, which was which attracted almost $347 million. So those are the major sectors and uh, will continue to be um, uh, the same this year. We expect renewable energy, FM, FMCG, mining and infrastructure uh, to be the main FDI attracting sectors in Ethiopia. And I mean, you know, m- mining is, is kind of typical of any African country It's attracting a lot of foreign capital. But I think what Ethiopia has done primarily in, in the textile industry and with what they're doing with, uh, as you mentioned, the PPPs, the public-private partnerships, the, the privatization of the airline and all, and all the industries that seems is coming at, at just the perfect time for the, the narrative of, you know, Africa rising, Ethiopia rising. I mean, what, what lessons... Are there to be learned for other countries in Africa when, when you look at, I mean, e- Ethiopia's rapid growth rates over the past few years? Yeah. Um, so you just raised a, a very good point. So most of the um, growth success stories in Africa are associated with minerals or mining. But Ethiopia's success story was not built on minerals. It was built on sustainable um, growth based on infrastructure and also a continued investment uh, led by the state. So if you see the last 20 years, uh, looking at the McKinsey report, the only 18 countries that registered 5% and above uh, annual economic rise are all Asian countries. The only country outside Asia and in Africa is Ethiopia. And uh, the report uh, mentioned that it was actually a focused leadership, infrastructural investment, tax incentive, industrial park initiative, that is key. And uh, actually the report said that industrial park development initiatives is the most beneficial for African countries. So you have focused leadership, tax incentive, uh, infrastructural development, all this has helped Ethiopia to have a sustainable double-digit economic growth for the last uh, decade and so. So the focus here is that, so after having all that development, then if you have a discovery of oil or a discovery of massive gold, it will be just an additional asset. But Ethiopia didn't focus on those uh, minerals to develop its economy. So the other, the African countries, the other African countries uh, can follow the same model. Yes, it's good to uh, have, uh, you know, blessing of minerals, but when the market uh, volatility comes, as we've seen the last four years, the economy suffers. So the economy should be based on a strong mix of economic um, gross success factors. So that is one uh, lesson that the wider African uh, economy can learn from Ethiopia. And the second is export-led and employment creation. Uh, as we've said, we have 106 million population. So the Industrial Park Initiative and the 
uh, other employment, including textile and apparel, the government has particularly and selectively initiated those sectors because not only that they can bring forex, but also they provide employment to the local population. So the, there should there has to be a balanced uh, scorecard as uh, as it were when it comes to your priorities. Forex, yes. Export led, yes, but also employment. For that, then you need all the infrastructure, the rail system, availability of power and increased and cheapest power availability, training and providing employable talent. Uh, Ethiopia currently produces about 250,000 university graduates every year, out of which 70% are in STEM, science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. So those are the kind of ingredients uh, a sustainably growing emerging market needs. And if I may add, there is also good, successful local innovators that have actually showed uh, that the, the, um, the world that, that they can they can also uh, you know build a world class uh, business even in um, emerging economies like Ethiopia. I can I can mention three companies. One is for example Deventus is a, a very complicated a smart meter uh, reader producing company based in Ethiopia. It has a lot of international patents. So right now it's producing. Uh, high-tech, sophisticated, smart electric and water meter readers and exporting to the world. The second example is, uh, uh, I'm sure you know about Apposit, you know, the Nigerian uh, company uh, Pega, the uh, fintech company, they just raised $10 million uh, last month. That fintech company is actually developed and currently being supported in Ethiopia by a software company called Apposit. So we have this success story. And um, the entire world, uh, I hope, knows about uh, robotic uh, Sophia that has secured the Saudi uh, citizenship last year. And that uh, robot Sophia developed by Hansen Robotics is actually um, most of its brain system is uh, made and uh, currently supported in Ethiopia by uh, AI and robotics company Icog Labs. So those Icog Lab guys, they have about 25 uh, full-time software engineers, and they are actually helping uh, uh, big companies, international companies like Hershey Chocolate Factory with uh, uh, their product planning or Sony uh, in their uh, projection about what music will be popular in X number of weeks or months. So they use a sophisticated um, uh, algorithm to help those companies. So you have those kind of successful companies and the government is supporting those. When you have those success, uh, successful companies coming out of those emerging economies, I think it will, it will be a positive sign for uh, the entire ecosystem to follow their footsteps. Yeah, that, that, that's super interesting. Uh, I, I, I had no idea that Sophia had citizenship in <laughs> in Saudi Arabia, I've been seeing her uh, speak at like every conference. It seems like now I want Sophia to come speak. Um, but <laughs> anyway, cigars. Uh, we're going to finish off with a quick fire round. Uh, four questions, up to sixty seconds each. Uh, sound good? Yes. So, what is your favorite business book, and why? That's a good question. Business book. I don't have any. 
it it could just be book i mean the the alchemist for example it's not necessarily a business book but there's a lot of wisdom to be taken away from it my favorite book is the bible Uh, just because you said the business i selected it but the principle i get from the bible uh, kind of dictates the way i think the way i interact the way i prioritize my life so that 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 defines the way i do things awesome so Say, you know, uh, 10 years out, what is the uh, industry in in the startup world in, in Sheba Valley that you feel like is going to produce the first uh, Ethiopian tech unicorn? It will be fintech and um, artificial intelligence. What CEO in Ethiopia do you admire the most right now and why? There are quite a few. I will mention uh, it will be Daniel Giza of uh, the CEO and the founder of Deventus Technologies in Ethiopia. He had quite a number of international decorated business in uh, in the US, and uh, he founded Deventus Technologies in Ethiopia five years ago. He trained university graduate uh, engineers to to be one of the best engineers in the renewable sector and um, very complicated smart meter uh, uh, reader production and right now actually they are supporting from ethiopia and traveling across the world and supporting international businesses so the reason i admire him is not necessarily not necessarily because of the patent he holds a number of them or the um, company he's built but the way he's building an entire new generation of engineers to be the next uh, leaders in the field. And finally, what's your favorite thing about being in Addis? Meeting all those innovators and tech ecosystem. I traveled between, I shuttled between one uh, ecosystem, one startup to another and uh, looking at uh, their plan. And you have problems that need to be solved just in your face. And, but they have a plan how to they they plan to solve it. And uh, that is my favorite thing to meet all those innovators. And when I'm not meeting uh, those innovators and I'm resting, just, you know, going to your Davicina and then uh, listening to an Ethiopian cultural dance. Awesome. Well, Zakarias, this was super informative. Really enjoyed this conversation. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show. Thank you very much, Andrew. Thanks for listening. Be sure to add Andrew on Snapchat at andberk, that's A-N-D-B-E-R-K, to see firsthand a day in the life of an entrepreneur in cities all around the world.